Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Greetings in the name of Jesus. It's good to be in church. Hallelujah. We have a week starting. We are starting well. Tomorrow we start with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Can you say 21 days of prayer and fasting? Why is it important for you to fast? We'll teach a little bit more next week. One, we pray and we fast so that power and favor is released upon our life. If you want things to work, you have to work things out. Did you hear what I said? If you want things to work, you have to do what? You have to work the things out. The Bible says you hold your salvation. You, you work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. So you take a personal interest for your own life. This season as it starts, you are going to have all these negative people who tell you fasting does this, fasting does that, but they are not doing it. It's the same way like when people say, oh, don't celebrate Christmas. Christmas is about this person or that person. Fine, but for us, we are Christians who will celebrate. Hallelujah. So, because of the season, it's very good to prepare yourself for the great things that God has said before you. That's why when we take the time to pray and fast, is because we are expecting God to do great things. So, we want to be ready. We are building a capacity to be able to take the church, the challenge that is set before us. So, have that understanding that if things are going to happen, you have to be in the action. You have to be in the action. They are going to happen. I have to be in the action. They must come through. I'm going to come through myself. I've given the example before that I've done the Jericho prayer with people. Seven days of prayer and fasting. And I say to, to the family, can we pray together? You are shocked when you arrive. You find them they are clearing their tables. They've just finished eating. And I say to them, you are not serious. Why should I waste my time? I don't need to fast for you. But I've taken it upon myself to clear things in your life. But you don't take it personal that things should be cleared in your life where you are going to take time to seek the face of God and pray. So we are starting with our prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. We'll meet here for two hours in the evening. Tomorrow we will announce. We will do what we call between the, the porch and the altar. Throughout the day we will have prayer from morning until evening. Anytime you can come during the day. But our main prayer where everybody's expected to come between 6 and 8 in the evening will be here. But throughout the day, we'll be having prayer. We'll be here in the building. If you want to pray, you are welcome to come. It will be led. It will be a prayer like this led. Even if it's two people, we'll be leading prayer to make that. So we'll start on Tuesday with that so that the timetable and everything for the, between the porch and the altar uh, prayer sessions during the week, uh, we know who's going to lead what and so forth. So, I want to challenge you. I ask people to write during the crossover service, and I will still do the same. Write the things you expect to see. Nothing happens unless it has been seen before. There are certain things that happen in the life of people, they say it was accidental. That's grace. Most of the things, they are not accidental. They are intentional. Hallelujah. So, prayer and fasting is very key. We pray and fast. We pray, we eat in the morning. We eat when? In the morning. We can eat from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. So we increase the time. We open just the time. The reason why 
that kind of fasting will have more power because at night you are not eating. And then it gives you the opportunity to be able to, to do more. But when you eat in the morning as well, you have to understand that it gives you the strength to do all your work without you going around like a, a, a zombie, you know. Everybody else is looking at you and they are saying, you say, I'm fasting. Do you get it? Can you say however? However. And this is just an exception, however. You can still break in the evening. But if you break in the evening, after 12, you can't eat. Did you hear what I said? So if you decide, oh, I'm not breaking in the morning. I'm an evening person. I will come for, for all night. I will come for the evening prayer, 6 to 8. I come for prayer. After 8, when we finish, we say, amen. You can go home and eat. But if you eat by midnight, that's it. Your new day starts. You get it? Your new day starts until the following day, 8 again in the evening. Ask your neighbor, did you understand what he said? I know some of you are very crooked and criminal. You know, you break and then in the morning you start again. <laughs> you, you, you get it? So let's, let's not allow Satan to play game on us. You get it? I know there are a lot of people who are not here. People will say, oh, we are used, because they've been eating Christmas meals. You can feel it. You get it? But my main issue here is we want every person in the church to take time to pray and fast. But the other thing that I want you to do, I want you to take your list. I've got my book there. I said to people, write the things you want God to do for you. This is a good time to put those things as we pray. Lord, I've been waiting on this. I've been, this is what I've been doing. Could you come true for me? There are a lot of scriptures that are going to be given. So the opportunity to come in to stand in the gap, not only for the church, not only for our city, not only for our country, not only for the continent, but you are as well bringing your own family and your own issues before the Lord is very important. Does it make sense? Hallelujah. Then tomorrow morning, I know you will, those who say we are doing the morning, you'll then 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock. We're not saying it. I understand you. I already see what is in your head. At 4 o'clock I start, and then 6 o'clock I eat again. So by the time you hit 10 o'clock, you are eating dinner, you know? That is not the intention. The intention is not to fill your stomach. The intention is one meal a day, literally. You get it? But, I mean, we understand. When you say one meal, the Englishman will say there is a starter, and then there is a, there is a main meal, and then there is dessert. I don't have a problem. I'll take all of that as one meal. You know, not that you eat one meal, but you have one time to sit on the table and eat what you will call a meal for the day. But the main intent is not to fill your stomach. This is where people fail. You will see next week when we teach on prayer and fasting. You will see the blessing of it because we have got so much to teach on. And uh, I believe God will take us to the next level. Hallelujah. So can you tell your neighbor we have prayer and fasting? For 21 days. We start tomorrow. We finish on the 26th of January. Hallelujah. This is a good time to set a very strong base for yourself and to experience the supernatural. Hallelujah. I love this Jesus. What do you think? Yeah, this is, this is far too powerful. Amen. So we are going to teach today uh, on... Uh, Genesis, faith, uh, the six steps to fulfilling 
your new resolutions. Six steps to fulfilling your resolutions. Fools never make plans. Fools never write anything. Fools go by a wimp. If something happens, they follow it. But wise people plan. So the theme is six steps. We're talking about faith. Faith, the Bible says, is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So what we are saying to you in Tatem Borazi, we are saying, right, faith makes you to see, by the end of the year, I will have bought my house. Or I will have done. So you write those things down. By faith, Abraham believed against hope. Abraham believed. Even when he was an old man, he still believed the promise that the Lord has given to him. So faith enables us to see the invisible, to stand on that position that God has given to us in order that we may experience the grace that God has already shown us. Don't forget when you talk about vision, is the ability to see the invisible, the possible things that could come into your life. So when we say faith, we are talking about the things that we are believing that the Lord has shown to us that these things will come to pass upon our life. So I want to say to you, yes, the new season is starting. People are making resolutions. People are writing down. I want you to write the resolution. I want you to write something for yourself. When you do that, your success will come speedily. Hallelujah. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. Faith brings the resolutions, the reality of the things that you have been hoping for. You have to see it. If you see it, you will have it. If you can't see it, it's going to be dubious. You are in the mist. You, you can't see. So you have to see it. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. That's why we say write the things that you hope that by the end of these 12 months, these things will become a reality upon your life. You want to get married this year? It's a good idea. It's a good idea. What do you do? You write it down. You get it? I was saying to one young man, I said, I said, go around and find out how much is a bride price? How much is Lobola? How much is Bohadi? You get it? As I calculate, then you tie your belt. I'm no longer going to eat lunch because I'm saving money. No more free, free dates with friends. I'm going to reduce so that I can save more. And by December, I'll be married. All the people who come and say, I'm getting married, they say, two years. I cut the time. I say, why do you make it two years? It's too far. Make it six months. In six months, we are getting married. Some brothers in the church, when they come, I say, give me the money every week, every month. Give me a thousand. Give me two thousand. Give me two. I've done it. They are married. They are here. You get it. But when you, when you have no hope, nothing is written down, you will not achieve much. To paint your house, people think to paint a house, you have to save a lot of money. A tin, just a can. Five liter of can. This uh, five liter paint will cost you about 200 to 500 grand, depending on the quality, of course. That can, depending on the paint that was on the wall before. You can paint two rooms. One, two, one, two, one, two. The whole room. You are saying by the end of the year, my house will be renovated. If you start now, by February, the first room will be painted. By the time you, you are in June, the whole house is done. People will be, how? But if you are thinking, oh, I'm going to have 5,000. 5,000 might never be there. Some of us never have money in one group. But it comes as we go. Hallelujah. Now, we talk about faith. Resolution 
you have to write the plan. There must be something that you can say, this is what I'm believing the Lord for. I'm believing this, that the Lord will come true for me, and that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. In the church, we have things that we write year after year. We don't get discouraged. Every time, sometimes when we go back, we realize we have achieved all the things we have written. So you have to understand that every season, there is a cost for it. You understand? You have to learn for a vision to come to pass. You have to visualize. Can you say visualize? Ask your neighbor, what do you see? You have to visualize. After you have visualized, you have to plan. And when you have planned, you implement and then execute your intentions with clarity because all these things are there. Those who do not plan, they plan to fail. Or we should say, they've already failed. Plans have to be measured. You see, people have got great plans. I want to build a 10-room house. It's a good idea. But why don't you start with a two-room house? Have the whole plan, but build just two rooms for, for this year. Before you know it, it will be there. Am I talking to somebody? Somebody says, oh, I want a car. I laughed yesterday. Somebody says, she wants a car. First time. Doesn't even have a license. Just get the learners. That's where we start. Start with the learners. Show God your intent. Get the learners. And then in the church here, there are brothers and sisters who can help you. Say, can you teach me how to drive? Give me the concept. We'll make you to sit on the driver's seat without the, the engine running. And we tell you, this is how a car works. Then from there, we make you to change the gears. Why the car is still here in the parking lot? This is gear one, this is gear two, this is gear three. You have a concept. Before you know it, you are driving. You get it? So you must, you must have some, some people believe they, they write, the plan is big, but it must start somewhere. It must start somewhere. You can't, you can't just do things and expect. People are thinking to build a house, to have a house, you must go and take a loan. That's not true. You don't have to. You just have to plan Go around and find out, did everybody build the house like with the bank? No, that's not true. Very few houses in South Africa are on loan. Most of the houses we stay in, they were built from ground level by our parents. They never took a loan. Remember to somebody. So plan has to be measured. And then you have, after you have a plan, you have to monitor your plan. And part of the things, example I could give to you today, is that write the things you want. Please take my, my advice seriously. Write your three, four, five things. Write how you are going to do them. Put them where you will see them. Not everybody might see them, but where you know you will see them. If you have a, a bedroom, I used to do this behind my door, my bedroom door. That's where I stick them. Every night, I close that door. Every morning, I open that door. So the first thing I see is what? The things I want to achieve. Before I go to sleep, when I close the door, is the things I see. So I had those things written. I wrote them, and I thought they would come according to the plan, and it was surprising that they came at different times. Some other doors were opened, and other things came in, and that is the challenge. When you do it, make sure that you have, don't, don't have them in your head. Some people say, oh, you know, you must not be like Joseph, who told these brothers about this dream, and they were jealous. Listen, you need a Joseph, you need, you need people to know, so that they will challenge you. Where there is no struggle, there is no growth. Failure is not failure in a true sense. Failure is an enabler. It enables us how not to do things. So you have to have an understanding 
That if it's going to happen, if you don't make the decision today, I want to build a house, you start with a, with a, with a, with, with where you are at. With your first 1,000 rand. Your first 2,000. And you are saving the money. You are working on something. Chances are that by the end of the year, you will be part of the group who talk a lot. Let's go to the book of, uh, it says this, chapter 5, verse 3, part B of verse 3. It says, for a dream results from much work. A dream results from what? But I want you, my, my verse this time, my, my main emphasis is part B. Can we read part B together? I want to go. A fool's voice. Let's read it again. A fool's. Okay, let's read the whole verse together. One to go. For dreams result from much work and fool's voice from many words. A fool speaks a lot but never does anything significant. Ask your neighbor, are you a fool? Are you a babbler? Ask them, are you a babbler? You are just bubbling. I want to do this. I want, but there's no plan. How is it going to come to pass? Says for a, for dreams results from much work. You can't have your degree if you are not going to have a timetable how to read. You will every year you will be registering a new, a new course every year. There are people here who have been registering a new course every year. You are already a graduate by now, but you haven't. <laughs> You get it? Every year you register, you play, and then you say, I don't like the course. No, it's not like you don't like the course. Listen, you have not planned. You have not made up your mind. And, and that's where the challenge is. So, I want to bring this to you that you have to monitor what you're doing. And to monitor it, you must have people who are going to help you. Husband and wife, you must speak to each other. Brother, have, have other brothers help you. Sister, have other. Tell family members. By, if you do a plan, by January I'll be here. By February I'll be here. By March I'll be here. By April I'll be here. By this I'll be here. So that we, by, when we meet February, we are asking you, how far are you with your plan? You shouldn't be reading it again. You should be telling us, I've already put 2,000. This month I've achieved my goal. You must push there must be monitoring. Some of us, we write, we put it down, we write the plan down, but that's how far it goes. That's why people say resolutions don't work. That's not true. They always work. Faith without works is dead. Can you tell me, but faith without works is dead. Yeah, so start where you are. This is the time for, for you to start. So you start where you are, you push, you make things to, to happen, most of the things don't need money to start. Most things don't need money. People say, oh, if I have so much. South Africans are like that. They'll say, if you give me, if they give me the money, start up, I will start. I say, listen, all business, serious business people, they started from ground zero. They had nothing. They used what they had. They used their skills. They used relatives, people around them to develop themselves and in time, we learn that these people are capable and they can do. The other part for this to come to pass, it takes courage and boldness to start. Can you tell anybody? It takes courage and boldness. You must be bold to do things. David says, he prepares a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. Your greatest enemy is fear of failure. If I tell people that I don't do it, they will laugh at me. So nobody will know and therefore nothing gets done. When you plan, you have to be very bold to make sure that it comes to pass. It takes boldness to make things to happen. Hallelujah. So this is the time for you to push in this season to plant your exciting things from God. There are a lot of exciting things. This is the time to unplug and remove all useless things in your life. There are certain things that are useless in your life. Start with your friends. They are not friends in a true sense. You get it? What value are you adding in my life? Everywhere. If we go to the restaurant, I'm the one paying. I paid the first time. I paid the second time. I paid the third time. I told you my story. If I go with you, I'll pay. That's for sure. Second time, I will pay. Third time, when they come, I'll say split the bill. Yes. When you come and already you were eating very nice, it was a nice restaurant, and you started now to become very relaxed and order more. So this guy will pay. I'll say, please split the bill. I'll pay for my food. You should see how their face looks like. Yes. And I say, no, today we pay. If it's a decent person to say, no, 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 don't worry, I'll pay for the whole bill. Then I know I've got a very good friend. This is not a sucker. This is not a parasite. Some of your friends are parasites. They are only around for what they get from you. Nothing comes out of them. No sacrifice. With them, there is no sacrifice. It's easy. Everything is working because you are making it to work. If you come out of the equation, nothing will work. The relationship comes to a grind. Stop. Full stop. We are no friends. Imagine somebody. So there are things to unplug. There are things that are exciting from God that you need to put in. You remove all useless things in your life. Stop bad friends. Bad habits. There are bad habits that you need to, to kill. You know your habits, your bad habits. If you start eating, you don't stop. It's a habit you need to fight. You stay with people, you will not clean. It's a bad habit. You stay with people, you will not buy food, but you are eating. Listen, you have to know that certain habits are not good. Drugs, you know drugs? They start, they start small. People think they have control. And before you know it, you have gone far beyond control. You, you are out of, out of control. Pornography. It starts like a small thing. Before you know it, you are a sick person. Lying. People lie consistently. It's, it's a bad habit you need to deal with. I'm not with somebody. Stealing. People have a tendency to steal. You leave your cell phone, you are thinking you are in church. And you are, <laughs> when you open your eyes. We went to a wedding. We went to a wedding. Pastor K was sitting with some people and somebody who was sitting close to us put their phone there. The phone disappeared. Nobody has moved, but the phone was not there. So Pastor K called all of them. He says, who have taken the phone for this person? They said, nobody. He said, we are going to pray the prayer of, Isaiah, of, of Zachariah. So he put them, join hands. He said, we are praying the prayer of Zachariah. Lord, we call upon the curse on the book of Zachariah. May the curse come. May the thief and the liar be caught. 
May it eat their may it eat their house, eat their clothes, eat their salary. May they be beggars and all of that for a cell phone. The cell phone never came out. We got into the car, drove back to we're in Kwazulu. You know, somebody was getting married from our church in Kwazulu. By Sunday night, they were looking for the phone of Pastor K. By morning, they said, "Listen, I have got the phone." <laughs> I've got the phone, please. I don't want all those things that you said. I'm already struggling and going through hard time. That's why I stole. That's why I stole the phone. Yeah. So they phone, they say, we got the phone. When you steal, you are calling cases. I was telling Pastor Kiyase, we need to te teach people about cases seriously. Because people don't understand that there are cases. How you speak to a senior, there is a case. How you treat children badly, there is a case. Either way, you, you can't treat children bad and think, how you treat your animal, your dogs, and whatever. There is a case. The Bible is written there. How the animals are supposed to be treated. Yes. How about you, somebody? May the Lord have mercy on us. So you have to stop stealing, being unspiritual. There are people who come to church year after church, year after year. They will not fast. They will not pray. You are not going to do anything. They don't read the Bible. We teach about how to pray. We have a small book that we teach now and then. This is how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to build yourself. They will not do it. So you have to make the decision. The book of Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. It says, he who observes the wind will not sow. So don't say, no, I'm not starting now. I'll start later. No. He who observes the wind is part B of it. The one who looks at the clouds will not reap. If you always postpone, you never, there are people who never commit. Think about it. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here. You have this man or this woman, Maskalisan. You are staying together, cohabiting, and you are not married. You are a fool. This guy is enjoying you day and night, and he's not getting married to you. Are you serious? I know somebody who refuses to be married. He's a woman. She refuses to be married. She refuses to what? But she says, I want you. I'm staying with you. I'll wash. I'll be your wife. But don't pay Lobola and all of that. Because she's getting money. If she gets married, the money stops. You don't get it, I see. I know the person. So I said to the man, you are being held hostage for somebody's selfish gains. Let's get married. Let the money stop. And let's start a new life with God. Jesus, have mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's get married. He who observes the wind will not sow. You look at it and say, this year I don't come in. I don't want to come in. He who observes the No, I will not pay the tithe. I will not give the offering. He, no, I will not buy the house. I will wait. Listen, you, by the day you open your eyes, it's too late. The season has come. The season has passed. Hallelujah. If you wait for the right moment and the right time, you will never do much or achieve much in this life. This is a good time to start and start now. Hallelujah. Can you tell your neighbor, I'm about my father's business. Okay, let's get into, that was introduction by the way. Let's get into the six points. I'll just run through them and then we, we will build ourselves as we listen. All the messages are free. They are on podcast. So immediately after church, you can ask somebody seated here to help you. You can have all these messages that we've been preaching even when you're not around for free on your phone, on a podcast. We're talking about six steps to fulfilling 
your resolution. I've already spoken about them. Here I'm just emphasizing. The introduction said everything. But let me emphasize. Number one, we have what we call concept stage or conception stage. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the reality of the things hoped for. You, your hope is the conception. You conceive it. You gather the thoughts. You write your desires, the desires of your heart. The book of Psalms tells us God will grant you the desires of your heart. The book of Psalm chapter 20 verse 4, I think, it says, God will grant you your heart's desire. May he give you your heart's desire and fulfill your life purpose. When you write, that will come to pass. Hallelujah. The waiting on God, you write, you, your desires, as the Spirit of God will lead you, you wait on God to guide and direct you. It's not the whim where you come and say, everybody wants the house. Everybody, not each of us have the same need. Our needs are different. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 is a common verse. Listen, this in the message translation. I don't know if they have the message. Uh, this one, it says, the Lord answered me and said, write down the vision. Clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It testifies about the end. Now, when you write, you are testifying about what you want. You are prophesying. Can you say prophesy? Can you say prophesy? Now, when you prophesy, it says it testifies about the end and will not lie. So when you write these things, you are already telling what is coming. You can see it. This thing is coming. I'm writing on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Now listen, the, the message translation. It says, um, and God answered, write what you see. Can you tell anybody, write what you see. It says, write it in big block letters. Yeah. Write what you see. Write it in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. It's like a billboard outside. Even when we are running, driving, we can see what is written on it. Hallelujah. Write it so that you can read it on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what is coming. So it's prophesying. What we are talking about, we are saying to you, prophesy your next coming 12 months. Tell the Lord, this is what I see in my life. I, I, I spoke to one young woman in the church. She said to me, by the end of the year, I'll be married. So one day, she was here, I asked her, I say, did you know, did you have a boyfriend at the time when you were saying that? He's a woman. Did you have a boyfriend? Did you have a beloved? She says, I didn't, Brut. So I said, how did you come to that conclusion? He says, I already could feel something is moving. And then she said, I started to prepare myself to respond to something that was moving. You know, some women, when the brother shows interest, they, they become hard to catch. You must chase the bait. The boy threw up the bait. The girl was chasing the bait. Holding with the hands as well. So when he pulls the hook, even if it becomes loose, she's coming out. You get it? I'm going to tell you somebody. <laughs> you, there must be a conception stage. You conceive it. You work on it. This verse, it says, you, can, you, you wait for it. You see it is coming. You wait for it. Hallelujah. So, 
you have to make up your mind, even though it's slow, it seems like it's slow, wait for it. Proverbs 16 verse 1. He says, the preparation of the heart belongs to man. What we are doing here, we are preparing our heart for great things. When you write down, you are preparing your heart for great and powerful things. You are writing this, allowing God to work in you and allowing the purpose of God to be established upon your life. So, you write this, this down. It says, the preparation of the heart belongs to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So don't perish for lack of knowledge. God wants to grant you your heart's desire. How, how will God know your desire when you have not written it down? We have a statement that we say, for confession brings what? Possession. Confession brings possession. Can you tell anybody confession brings possession? Speak a word and it will come to pass. Number two, you conceive you start your thoughts. You write the thoughts. You come before the Lord. You present these things that are in your heart. Husband and wife come together. This is what I believe we should do this year. Uh, looking. You don't plan. You don't write these things because you have the money. You, you do the house plan even though you don't have the money. You call the planner. Can you come over? Can we draw the plan? How much is it going to cost me? It draws you the plan. You have an idea. This is what I want. Number two. Preparation stage. The preparation stage to, to make ready before. You make ready before. You are not starting, but you are making ready to start. You count the cost. Sacrifices that are to be made. You draw the plan. You consult to qualify your plan. You bring the plan through modeling. That is why you find even in certain places, before they come, they will make a, 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 a small uh, plan that they will bring there in a box to say, when this thing is finished like this, if we start building in mid-rent, you will see our plan on the billboard outside to say, this is coming. Coming soon. We will put it there and say, coming soon. People will look at the plan. Oh, we, we can see what is coming. Even though there's no physical, but already we can see. You can even see the people standing, the cars there on the parking. It's there. So, you model you go and, 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 and consult to see those who have done that before you. You cost your plans. You look for the best way to execute. You look for the potential helpers and specialists to supervise and help you. This is very important. Most people do things, but nobody's there to, to help them. They don't go for specialists for people to help them. There is this thing that, but thank you, people will know me now. That's why you never go anywhere. Nobody will know you. Anyone is going to know you is because you go with the people that are known. Did you hear what I said? If anyone is going to know you, it means you are in the company of people that are known. Oh, you want to be a, a good singer? Listen, you can't be a singer in the hidden places. You have to come out. You have to go and serve the great. You come and you think, today you're going to sing. They make you to sit down. You get angry. You leave. You'll never be great. They, they told you, you are going to sing. We'll put you on stage. We come on stage, you prepare. We don't call you. We don't even mention your name. And all the things, you are the one who did them. Nothing. Greatness is a hard work. Yeah, for you to come to their place. Somebody takes somebody to a higher place. You, you, you don't, there are a few exceptions. Ask Nelson Mandela. It took him 27 years. People who called him terrorists, they only appreciated him when he was out of jail. And they still had the tendency to say he's a terrorist still. I don't know if you understand. 
Oh, Mandela is great. His passage to greatness was serious. So you, you count the cost, you look at it. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 30 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost? You have to count the cost. It's going, for anything to come to pass, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. I've been a pastor for almost 30 years. 30. You know how much is 30 years? 30 years. I've been a senior pastor in this church for 22 years. Can you imagine? It's a long time. My marriage is working. I've been married for 30 years. And yet there are people who are married for 60 years. So I've, I've not done much. You get it? They are still alive. They are still married. And they, when you ask them, how did you manage to stay long? The old man says, I always say, I'm sorry. That's all. He says, every time I've done wrong, I say, I'm sorry. I realize I didn't see it that way. Please forgive me. You get it? But he said, if there's no forgiveness, there's nothing like flowers every day. We, we do it once. We just buy flowers once. We buy chocolate once. We do this. Most of the time, we are just digging and working. Stepping on each other's toes. Making each other's annoyed. Flowers once. Chocolate once. On a birthday, you know, you come with, a, with a, a, nice, a nice gift. That's it. But you know, he loves me, I love him. We are working on it. Count the cost. Can you show your neighbor, you must count the cost. Because the Bible says, if you don't do it, you will start and never be able to finish. There is a saying we say, don't bite too much. Don't bite far too big for your mouth. Measure yourself. The book of, of Proverbs 16 verse 1, we spoke about it. The preparation of the heart. The, the, King James, the message translation says, mortals make elaborate plans. Mortals. We are mortals. Make an elaborate plan. Make it that if we read it, we'll do it. Even when you are not there, this thing will work. Make a plan. Write it down. This is what I want to do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There are people who say, oh, God, God will see us through. Listen, God will not see you through. You have no plan. God will not help you. Well, now you are accident. You know accident. You are part of the people who walk looking for the ten run. Nobody drops money. It's very rare to pick up money on the streets. Oh, I will do the lotto. It's luck. I say lotto is luck. If you start now saving, you'll be shocked how much. You'll be shocked how much. 100 rent, you start now. By the end of the year, it's 1,200. In five years, your money will be 6,000. There's a lot you can do. A lot. But I know for you, you say, what is 100 rent? Please give me 100 rent. This you say, what is 100 rent? I see your smile that you don't want to give me the 100 rand, sister. <laughs> but people will tell you, saving, I'm not going to do it. Start now and God will see you through. Make your elaborate plans. Do not be caught in the foolishness and the childish presumptions that God will come through for us. Plan it. You have a business, advertise. Be on the street. Be everywhere. Talk about it. Come on to somebody. Force yourself and say, I'll come and do this for free for you. Hallelujah. And if I've done well, you pay me. Did you hear what I said? I'll do it for free. If you are happy with it, you pay for it. Hopefully, you are working with a righteous man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't go with people who say, God will see them. People are offending you. God will. That's foolishness and stupidity. When your rights are violated, you stand for justice. You don't say, oh, I'm going to pray. Shabara, shabara, shabara. Prayer without works is dead. Point number three. Number one. 
concept stage or conception stage. Number two, preparation. You start to prepare yourself to go to implementation. Number three, implementation and commitment stage. Execute, bring the plans to life. A point of commitment and engaging the vision and entering the realm of the supernatural and activating and igniting your faith. When you commit, when you say, I'm, a, I'm committed, I'm getting married. Listen, you send the letter, proposal, your proposal gets accepted. You put the money, you go buy the ring, you marry. It's a commitment. You are entering every covenant, every commitment you enter into, it pushes you to the higher level. After I got married, on the second or third day, when I turned on my bed, I felt the body of my wife. I jumped, so scared, wondering who's on my bed. And after I jumped, I remembered I'm married. So I look around, hey, life has changed. Things, things are happening here. You get it? So when you make that commitment, you enter into the supernatural. If I go and dig the foundation in mid-rent, I enter another level. It's no longer the same. It's no longer, I, on, I only own the land. No, no, no. Now, I'm taking occupation and I'm doing something about it. You execute, you bring the plans to life. A point is a point of commitment and engaging the vision and entering the realm of the supernatural and activating and igniting your faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If your plans are going to come to pass, you have to come to implementation. You have to come to a place. You must have a date. We are starting this date. When we planted the church in Cape Town, my pastor there, all the other people wanted to chicken out. She said, we have a date. We have what? She said, we have a date. Even if they don't come, Ruti, we are going. The church is starting. We have already, the date was there. So you could see, as the days were getting closer, the people who raised up their hands, they were dropping their hands, realizing a lot of commitment is coming. And on that date, we started. The rest is history. It's a commitment that we've made. Now the challenge is maintenance. After you start, listen, to get married is easy. Uh, to sing that song, move on brother, move on sister, and you are dancing with the white dress. We look at you and we say, uh, <laughs> you don't know, there is a many years to come. Many, many, many years. Wear white dress. We only put on white dress once. That's it. That day of dancing, that's it. From there is hard work to reach that level of the wedding. It's a vision that you see. You want purity, perfection, great tables set before you, enjoying yourself. That's what marriage is about. This I say to the young couples, Mzizi uh, and uh, Mama Shangu. You have your two table, table, two table, a table, two chairs, set it up, two glasses, whatever. Honeymoon every day. Candle, matches. What are you eating? What are you eating? Toasted bread with margarine and a cup of tea. We are happy. We are sitting on the table with the red, with the red light, with the red candle and uh, smiling at each other with glittering eyes. You get it? Oh, every day you eat like this. Yes. We are on honeymoon every day. But people will say, oh, they, they wait for Christmas only to set up the table. We can do it every day. Hallelujah. So you have to understand that without faith, things don't work. Prayer and fasting without works is dead. Show me your faith and I'll show you my works. When, when, you, when, when you, you implement, this is a step, you are stepping out 
in faith, challenging your own doubts, confronting your own fears, and standing your ground. You are standing your ground. I'm doing this thing. When I was getting married, somebody said to my parents, this is a child. They say, these are children. This is a child. My mother was my supporter. My father was agreeing with the other person. These are children. My mother says, leave the children to do their own thing. Even adults are failing. Leave the children. The ones that you married that were big, that you thought they were mature, they didn't last for three months. They separated. Leave the children. 30 years after, we are still standing. The children. Leave what? Leave the children. You confront, you draw the line. You draw the line. This is it. That's implementation. Your plans must come to pass because you are willing to implement. You must have a date to implement. You must have a date to implement, to show your commitment. During the Second World War, uh, Stalin, the Russian leader, when the Germans were slaughtering them and killing them, we are told that the Russians were not properly prepared. So they were running away, running from the front line. What we are told is that Stalin made a second line. So these ones are fighting the Germans. Behind the Russians that were fighting the Germans, there was another trench. These ones were killing the Russians that were running away, retreating. So either way, you are going to die. You choose how you want to die. You are either dying as a coward, or you are dying as the one in the trenches standing his ground. Your vision, you must be willing to do exactly the same. These plans that you are doing, I'm not going to retreat. I better fail having done everything that is possible to be done than for you to keep uh, to give up far too quickly. Come on to somebody. Stage number four. We can't read everything, but God will help us. The commitment stage. We spoke about implementation. The commitment stage. Commit your works to the Lord stage. This is when you take all of these things that you are doing, you commit them as well to the Lord. You give them to the Lord. This is the way, the time to pray, time to fast, committing to the prophetic words. Prophetic words are powerful. Words that are spoken, they are very powerful. When you are doing business and whatever, come for prayer. Come for the prophetic word so that the word will hold you. When things are not pushing, you hold on it. The book of Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3. I'm reading it with the message translation. It says, put God in charge of your work. Then what you have planned will take place. Put God in charge of your work. Then what you have planned will come, will take place. When we commit our, our projects, our plans, our purpose, our pursuit to God, God will establish our thoughts and our work becomes his work. So what you are doing, you are giving this back to God. Make it happen, Lord. And then you work together with the Lord in order to enable you. You will be shocked what you can do. One of the things that are very powerful, and this is for free, is called humility. Humility is the ability to recognize you cannot do it by yourself. You know, you need help. So you go back to God, Lord help me. And God will give you some words. There might be a person you don't like, but the person is your, is your man that God says, go and talk to so and so. He will unlock you. There are people who are unlocking us. They unlock us. We have potential, but we don't know how to express ourselves to become that which we are supposed to be. But there is a man who can open you up. Like a can. You can have a can with nice good things inside. But when you don't have an opener, it doesn't matter. I remember one day we were young boys who wanted to open a can of fish. You know, the small one. We went on the stone. You know, on the stone. Hey, 
we realized this thing is not working. We took a big stone and crushed the can. And guess what? Our fish. We opened it, but it could not be used. We were eating it like this. You know, when you are a child, you don't want to waste. So you need to go to somebody who will help. Your opener. Can you tell anybody there is an opener? Yeah. There are people, if you, if you are in their company, they will open you. Every time you are being opened, you, are being open, you become the best, the greatest, the most powerful. As time goes on, you start to realize, if I'm in this company, I flourish. If I move out of the company, I diminish. You have to know, there are people that God has put in your life so that they will help you to commitment and uh, to do more. And here, the plans that you have, you work on them. The book of Job chapter 1, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Can you imagine if God were to speak like that about you? What is it that makes God to say, Have you seen my servant Job? Let's go to verse 1. And this is the character you must keep for your commitments. There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of what? Perfect integrity. Can we read it together? He was a man of what? Can you tell anybody you must have a perfect integrity? The Bible says a righteous man makes a commitment and stands by his word. Even when things are coming against him, he remains. It says, he was a man of perfect integrity who did what? Who feared God and turned away from evil. So God was speaking to Satan. says, have you considered, have you seen my servant so and so? Have you considered so and so? Can you imagine that testimony, God talking about you? I have a man who made a plan. He's following it. He's working. He's prospering. Have you considered him? May the Lord be on your side. May this testimony be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Psalm 37 verse 5. He says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. What is it that you want God to do to you? God will bring it to pass. Can you lift it up to God? Can you say, Lord, this is what I've written. This is what I desire. Joseph, when he told his brothers his vision, the dreams he had, it looked like opposition, but it was an empowerment. When they pushed him further, the manifestations was coming to pass. May, may the manifestation come to pass upon your life in the name of Jesus. Number five, the last but one. This is a stage that most people don't, they quit. Against all hope stage. Against all hope stage. When, when after you have done all that you have done, you realize things seem not to be working. Against all, all hope, Abraham believed. He became an old man, even there was a prophetic word on his life. I'll make you a father of many nations. Abraham was childless. The vision seemed not to be working. Can I tell you something that is supernatural? What people do in 50 years, God can do in one day. And that's the difference. You can look at yourself. Everybody's building massive houses. They are driving nice cars. You are working. It seems like your working is a waste of time. Until one day, you woke up in the morning, everything is fine. The book of Esther chapter 6, the Bible tells us, it says, the king could not sleep. The king could not sleep. And he asked, what good has been done for Mordecai the Jew? The good you are doing today is a seed that you will harvest many years down the line. You look back and say, I never, they said nothing has been done for him. 
And then honor, honor came. And I want to say to all of us who are saving and doing, it might seem like all our foolish friends are succeeding and doing well. Because they criticize everything about the church. They criticize everything about marriage. They criticize everything about our hard work because it seems like their work, their life is easy. Listen, God will remember. When everybody else forgets, God will remember. The good that you do to others, your good will not come necessarily from the people you are helping. There are many other people that will come your way. Somebody came and says, this is what you did for my parents. I don't forget. I was sitting in a meeting in a conference. This man came, greeted me, and then we, he sat close to me. Then he started talking. Then at the end, he took some money and gave me the money and said, what is this? Then he took me back. He says, do you remember so many years? Then he reminded me, you did this, you did this, you did this. I was young. I was still at the university when you did those things. Every time I think, I ask myself, what is it that I can do to show appreciation? And he says, this is not it. I'm just, it's just that today I've got this. This is what I can give to you. I didn't do it to him. I didn't even know he existed. I didn't even know he was there. You get it? And that is the surprise of God. Don't think the person who's going to help you is the one sitting next to you. No, 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 no. You can be shocked how far God can go. He asked the question, what good has been done for this man? And they say nothing. And his life was on a wire. They were just going to hang him, possibly a few seconds after. May the Lord come through for you in the name of Jesus. Your plans will sustain you. Your plans will keep you. You will flourish and you will do great works for God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Against all hope, the Bible in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 says, For by faith the elders obtain a good testimony. Stay even when things have gone slow. Don't forget um, uh, uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. It says, even though it tarries, it will come to pass. Wait for it. So sometimes we, we don't have patience to wait. We want it now. Wait for it. It will come to pass. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6, and, uh, verse 6 to 9. says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to, for him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So you have to be patient. Faith is manifested through patience. Through patience. You wait. And you wait. And you wait. And you wait. It's like you are in home affairs. You wait. But you know the idea is important. You can't just leave. And you wait. They call others. They call others. And you wait. And they say come tomorrow. And you go tomorrow. And you wait. And when you arrive, they say one small piece of paper is missing. You go and get the piece of paper. You come again and you do what? You wait. But the joy of it, when you get that small piece of paper, makes you legal in every way. But without it, you will suffer and die. You get it? You might, you might undermine it. Waiting in home affairs is worth waiting. Because if you don't wait, you become illegal. If you wait, and any piece from home affairs is a very life-giving piece. You hold on it. Even if they say it's a, it's a copy, you know, before you get your ID, they do that one. You hold it because it's what makes you legal if you don't have it. So even the vision, the things that, this, this we are talking about six points. We says number one, you conceive it. Number two, you prepare, you look at what will be required. You come to the stage of implementation. You make a commitment stage. You push yourself, submit it to the Lord. And then we say, against all odds, when things are taking slow, you wait. 
the fruit of the Spirit must manifest in your life. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4 verse 3 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was, was counted to him for righteousness. Number 6 and the last we close here. It gives us this picture. The, the despise and mocking stage. The despise and mocking stage. The despise and mocking stage. Know that you have opposition and those who work against you. It's a very good space. The book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 19. says, But when Sanballat and uh, uh, the Horrorite and Tobiah the, the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard it, heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us. Listen, every time things start, people will laugh at you. When you propose the girl, all the boys, all the girls in the church never regarded you. They will be laughing and say, ah, so and so, can he get married? Is he a serious guy? And soon they will realize you are a serious guy. And all of, all of the girls start to realize the potential they have left behind. I always say to people, when you look at us, you think, oh, these guys were nice. You must give credit to our wives who have made us to be who we are. Because when everybody was saying, no, 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 they took a chance. We were very thin and finished. Just a big head. You know, uh, they could even see our head was tilting forward. Uh, we needed help. And when she said, yes, uh, you got married. You know, doctor. <laughs> God is good. Now, now that we have gained some weight, our head are standing straight. All the women are saying, if I could find a husband like that. Go and find your own wind blowing. Uh... They, they, want, they, want, they want the one who already is eating meat. Listen, we were not eating meat at all. There was no meat. There was no meat. You can't say, somebody was saying, I'm looking for a ready mate. Tell your neighbor, there's no ready mate. Yes. There's no, there's no, you are the only ready mate. We make for ourselves. Hallelujah. So we've been made. So you have to understand that there's going to be despising. When, when I got born again, some 37, 38 years ago, my friends told me I'm mad. My head. They say, you are going to get mad. I was young. They say, at your age, what sin have you committed? Somebody asked me, what sin? What evil have you done for you to confess? Says, you don't even know a girl. What, what, what are you talking about? You don't know the joys of life. You have been gone to groove. I didn't need to experience those things to, to experience life. I'm going to tell somebody. This is my challenge to you. Do not allow the opposition to slow you down. Have an ear that hears what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. So I made my decision as a young man. I received Jesus. I took the mockery that came with my faith. I took it very well. I look back many years. And I say it was the best decision I made as a young person. When you write the vision down, when you write your resolution down, you are making a distinct mark to change. When you don't write anything, there is no commitment that anything is going to change. I've seen people who are married, they have problems, they don't want to consult anyone. Nothing will change in your marriage. I don't know if you are hearing what I'm saying. I've seen people running businesses who will not call other business people to help them or go for consultation. Sometimes, some things, it's just one person who will speak into your life. Jesus, when he came, 
The Bible says he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. To have an abundant life is to recognize where you are, that I need help. I need to be assisted. I need to be aided to make sense. So the Bible says in a great house, there are vessels of honor and dishonor. Make the decision to be the vessel of honor. Even the vessel of dishonor during the day is despised. Have you grown in the village where I grew up? We never had toilets inside the house. Even now, we, we still don't have toilets inside the house. It's long drop outside. At night, we are afraid of witches. Even though we have never seen them. You <laughs> get it? So what happens? We have a night pot. You know a night pot? I know you behave like you don't know it. We have a night pot. <laughs> that night pot, during the day, is despised. People kick it and hide it and whatever. But in the great house, there are vessels of honor. In the midst of the night, in the total darkness, you find it. <laughs> no light, no light, nothing. You will not miss it. You will find it. It becomes a vessel of honor for that moment. So what am I saying? It's not what you think a vessel of honor is. I know when you say a vessel of honor, you only think about gold and silver. You are, you are thinking about wood being a lower and whatever. But for me, it's the use. At the time when it is needed, it becomes a vessel of honor. Even the least in the kingdom become the greatest. That's why Jesus says, John the Baptist is the greatest. But he says, we are. Even though we were the least, we are greater than John the Baptist. I don't know if you understand. When you look at oh, John the Baptist is powerful. No, Jesus says, you don't know. The power that is in you. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit resides in us. Greater is he that is in you than the one. John the Baptist never had that experience. He just had the, the shadowing of the Spirit upon him. With us, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than the one that is in the world. So, what we carry in us is such an immense power, yet we do not know. And this is my challenge to you as I close, that there are six things. There are many things possibly, but there are six things. If you don't write, you don't plan, you don't implement these things will not come to pass. If you don't have people to supervise you and to guide you, you will not do well. And the same, as I get close with the example of John the Baptist, uh, the greater is the one that is in you. Jesus is the one that enables us. Shirley Caesar put it this way, he says, uh, 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 education plus, uh, Jesus plus education makes a great success. And I want to say the same to you. That when you have the lot in your life, the discipline is there, and then you have the plan, it will guide you to where you're supposed to go. Even today as we talk about all these plans, the Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? Having said all these powerful words, I don't want you to lose your soul. Jesus came, he died for us, that through his death we may have life. This morning you can make a decision as the year starts. This is a great time to make a resolution to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's another part to make a commitment. It's another part to ask the Lord to come into your life to help you. So if you are here this morning...